0: This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier
1: podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something
0: that should show up in every aspect of your program.
1: It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live.
0: Penn State fans, how are you? Bob Flounders, Johnny McGonagall. Blue White Game. I think it's we could still call it a game, not a scrimmage. Blue White Game Week. Uh, it is Wednesday at lunchtime as we record this, Johnny. So we're about seventy-two hours away from twenty twenty-three. It'll be technically this is James Franklin's tenth year. I don't think there was a Blue White game in twenty twenty, but this is only his ninth one. But Johnny, uh, what what do you what would you say to fans as far as expectations? Hopefully, the weather's going to hold. I mean, the early forecast says it could be in the 70s. Going to probably be a chance of rain, but who cares? Temperature in the 70s, great time to come up. There's a lot of excitement about this team. You might see some really talented players play. I'm not sure how long they're going to play, but what would you say to the fan base right now as we get ready for this blue, blue-white game as far as expectations?
1: Bob, I'd say first and foremost, enjoy the weather. Yeah. Enjoy the tailgates enjoy happy Valley on a, on a Mm -hmm. football Saturday in April. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the football will be the football. I I don't know how much we're really going to see, like you mentioned. uh, Yeah. There are, there are guys who have picked up bumps and bruises throughout spring ball or even before spring ball and have been limited or held out that Mm -hmm. that we're probably not going to see a whole bunch of there's guys who uh, have proven a lot already in their Penn state careers. And don't necessarily need a spring game to do that. And also just to keep in mind, you know, this is a big event for the community and a big event for a lot of the outside stuff, but for Penn state, right, this is their 15th of 15 spring practices, just one of 15. That's the way I'm sure that, you know, players, I'm sure will get amped up a, a bit more getting into Beaver stadium and getting in front of a crowd, but Um, it's not like there's any need to rush a player onto the field for the blue white game. So uh, always keep, keep perspective going into these things. And, you know, if a player, uh, you know, if a quarterback goes 10 for 12 for 190 yards,
0: like that doesn't necessarily mean Jackson Smollick is not starting in September 2nd. Yeah, I got you.
1: Right. But you always want to see, you want to see positive uh, steps for for any player that is playing in the spring game, regardless of where they're at in their careers, whether they're an early enrollee, whether they're a, a third-year guy trying to make a name for himself and get on the field, so uh, looking forward to which guys end up playing first and foremost, and which guys end up
0: uh, standing out. Yeah, and I, I would also say to the fans, I think if you're going to go up, especially if you're going to go up for the game, and the game's going to be at two o'clock. I believe there I believe it's going to be on the on um, the Big 10 network. It it's not officially official yet, but I saw some stuff on social media. At some point if you want to see the game, you're going to be able to see the game. But if you're going to go to the game and I would imagine though, if the temperature's going to be you know somewhere in the 70s, I think you're going to see a pretty nice crowd there. If you're going up to the game, I would just say hey, it's a great time to to kind of see the sights. And what what I mean by that is I think I think you're going to see um a lot of former players back in town for the game for a, a multitude of reasons. Um, there's been some stuff on social media about maybe some players signing some things, some former players doing some stuff for NIL collectives and, and trying to get some money for uh, together for Penn for Penn State's uh, athletic program, specifically the football program. Um, I know there will be some. Uh, I know there will be some recruits right up there, whether they are already verbal or they're interested in Penn State. That's always a, that's always a thing. I think uh, the, the fan base kind of gets excited about. So I think there's a lot to kind of just keep your eyes peeled because you never know, you never know who you're going to run into at a Blue White game, whether it's right outside the stadium or in a parking lot, or you could be tailgating next to somebody. And uh, I think the weather's going to be going to be uh, right. I'm glad it's not going to be in the 40s or 50s for mid-April. I just think. With the excitement around this team, if you have a Saturday off and you, uh, you're a couple hours away from the Blue-White game, you should go up there, check out check out everything there is to check out.
1: Yeah, there's so much, like, like we just said, there's so much around the game, uh, so much around the weekend uh, to do. On the field, I think a lot of people are intrigued by, or the driving force of, you know, people actually going into the stadium and not staying at their cars, uh having a couple of drinks would be to see Drew Aller. Yeah. Um and and I think his first kind of extended action, assuming he throws more than you know, yeah. ten passes, because we've seen him play in 10 games uh last season. We saw him play over 140 snaps, stepped mm-hmm. in the Purdue game, the Auburn game, all that stuff. Um, but you know, there's no Sean Clifford, you know, taking snaps ahead of him now. This is the first time that uh Drew and Bo Prabullah. Uh, we'll be able to see how they've been faring, um, you know, yeah. and how they've progressed. And again, they're going to keep it vanilla. Like Mike Yersich isn't going to roll out the updated uh, Falcon package or, you know, the lion position for Bo or, you know, they're not going to do anything too out there or weird. Um, it's going to be pretty vanilla, pretty straightforward. But, uh, you know, when I, I remember when we were talking to Kalen King a couple weeks ago and he's saying how good Drew has been about putting the ball on the outside shoulder and leading receivers and making it hard on DBs like I know I I want to see that. I know you want to see I know I'm sure the fans want to see that and mm-hmm. um so I think the quarterback position as it always is is a lightning rod for uh interest for conversation um and surely you know no one will overreact to whatever happens in that blue white game bob right you know uh, <laughs> always so everyone's always so level headed about uh spring games um but you do you do want to see positive you you do want to see you know steps taken and um and i'm sure the teammates want to see as well Drew step up and be uh you know continue to to grow into his voice and grow into his role and um so the, the quarterback position is always uh the most interesting position on the team but there's there's a handful of other positions that i know uh you and i are both looking forward to seeing unfold as well
0: yeah I and mean, that that's that's a great uh, setup Jada let's let's get into that just listening to James Franklin uh talk on tuesday night uh you know uh, the final, really media availability before the Blue White game. He he talked every Tuesday. He kicked off uh, spring practice with a, a pretty lengthy uh, news conference. Um, to me, it's a little interesting that some of the things, some of the things he was a little concerned about at the start of spring. Uh, it kind of feels like he's still a little concerned about a couple of those things. I think at least one of them you can explain away, but let's just talk about two areas that James has hit on pretty consistently about, hey, um, you know, we still have some things to find out um, about these positions. One, uh, one which I think can be a little bit explained away is the defensive tackle room. Uh, they're replacing P.J. Mustafer, Johnny, we know that. And he did say at the start of spring that, uh, at least one or two of those guys might have been a little dinged up and maybe a little limited this spring. I believe one name he mentioned at the start was Kaziah Izard, but I, you just wonder how many guys really got, you know, extended extended um, work this spring at defensive tackle. He did rave about Zane Durant, who does look great. That to me is not as concerning as. The one that's a little more than a little concerning to me is is the wide receiver room. Once you get past two players, you know, really, it's Keandre Lambert Smith and it's Harrison Wallace, Trey Wallace. Um, they have clearly separated themselves according to uh, themselves from a pretty large pack of scholarship wide receivers. But the fact that James is still talking about no one emerging yet here in as we get into mid-April, you could you could you could try and spin it and say, well, he's trying to encourage uh, the younger receivers and some veterans and say, look, keep competing, keep competing. But James is a, I, James has always kind of been kind of a, a straight shooter at this time in spring practice, and I'm just beginning – usually he throws out one name or two. He has not mentioned anyone else. Um, you know, uh, Wallace mentioned Omari Evans a little bit uh, on Tuesday night, and they do – they do, I think, have very high hopes for Dante C from Penn State, the uh, transfer portal addition that is expected to join the program, proven receiver in the summer. But you know, you got to have more than three receivers. You got to have more than four receivers. It's just, it's just, it's just the way that it is. I think it's been a priority and it's been a problem, John, uh, Johnny, almost from the time they got back from the Rose Bowl when he pulled the trigger, put Marcus Hagen's in as the new receivers coach. They had a lot of guys. I think they wanted to add via the transfer portal. I don't think it worked out the way maybe the original plan uh, was supposed to be. But Johnny, those are the two groups I think that uh, if you're a Penn State fan, maybe a, li- a little bit of a concern there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been the primary concern I think throughout all of spring, and as we mentioned before, it's going to be a concern going into Week One against West Virginia because, yeah. uh, you know, when you have a guy coming in like Dante Cephas from Kent State, everyone knows the the pedigree and production he had uh in the Mac, whether or not that translates, uh we'll have to see. Uh he certainly has the skills and all that. But first of all, he's got to get to campus. He's got to get acclimated in the offense, gain a rapport mm-hmm. uh with the quarterbacks and and go from there. Uh it is a positive that I think Keandre Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace have separated themselves because uh going into spring, I mean they were relative question marks as well. I mean Keandre has has quite a bit of production out of like the third or fourth receiver role yeah. in this offense. And now without Parker Washington, without Mitchell Tinsley, um, you know, you would want him to step up. And James was very forthright about that throughout spring camp saying that, because uh, I remember asking him like, what, what's the next step you want to see from Keandre specifically? He said he needs yeah. to be a number one receiver. He needs to be a yeah. true number one. And um, you know, so that, that, those are good positive signs, you know, for Keandre and then for Harrison as well. Uh, who had shown flashes last season of what he could do, but um, he, he didn't really have the opportunity until the end of the year when Parker was hurt uh, and he started playing a bit more. You'd like to see a Malik McLean transferring from Florida State, you know, hit the ground running, and it doesn't seem like that's necessarily yeah. been the case. You know, one of the the freshmen, Amari uh, Evans, or you know, Caden Saunders, even uh, Malik Mega, who has been a name that when you ask the players, when you ask the wide receivers. You know, who do you, or even the, um or even the corners, like, you know, which wide receiver, you know, could emerge here. Uh, he's always an answer because of his speed and his athleticism and everything that he's brought to the special teams unit over the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, whether or not he takes a step, like this could be an opportunity. And we always say we, like, I, I joked about overreacting uh, a few minutes ago about the blue white game, but you know, if a Caden Saunders or a Malik Mega, you know, someone like that comes out and really impresses and makes a, a few good plays. I mean, that can, that those kind of plays in those kind of moments can serve as a springboard uh, for these guys going into the summer workouts and then into training camp when really jobs are won and secured and lost is training camp ahead of the football season. So um, yeah, I, the wide receiver position is going to be a question mark. We're still going to be asking about this. We're going to have some similar questions yeah. about the group in August. Um, but this is just another opportunity. And really the, um, you know, the biggest opportunity for us to see where that group stands right now under Marcus Hagan's first year wide receivers coach.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Marcus Higgins because that could be another reason why, you know, I, it would not surprise me, Johnny, if in his first spring at Penn State, he's really wanted, he wants to take a really long look at everything that he's got. And he's probably in no hurry to maybe uh you know declare anything i i just think that you know as as a new guy on the block even though he accomplished so much at virginia uh as, as that position coach i wouldn't be in any rush to to make any big pronouncements in mid uh, mid april either if i wasn't sure and maybe that's another reason why maybe you're not seeing anyone making any pronouncements about the number three and number four receivers we'll have to wait and see but that could also be the case Johnny, I wanted to I wanted to give you some kudos because there's going to be one one Penn State player we're definitely not going to see uh, at spring uh, at the blue white scrimmage um, is a recent addition, and I think you you actually referenced him last week before the news uh, became official. But Penn State has been able to address the running back room behind the two elite young one-two punch of uh, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. It was, you know, Kevon Lee, transfer portal, right? There's some help on the way in August, but unproven help. You just don't know what you're going to get from those guys, you know, in August. But Trey Potts, um, uh, a guy with strong Pennsylvania high school ties, a guy that unfortunately was behind a, workout, a workhorse uh, at Minnesota last year, uh, is has has announced his intentions to become a Penn State Nittany Lion. I think it's a pretty key uh, under the radar get for James Franklin. He's getting lauded and 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 rightfully so for what he's doing on the recruiting trail when it comes to high school players, Johnny. But when you look at the running back room, I I you know as good as they are at the very top of the depth chart, I I think that probably Coach Franklin was a little nervous about the depth and to add somebody like this. I think really really is a key get for this team going into the season.
1: Yeah, Bob, thanks for the pat on the back.
0: Uh I remember yeah, it was
1: last you mention week. him. I was like how did Johnny know? Well, I mean I'll, I'll I'll hand up here. I mean it was uh it was telegraphed a little bit by you. I, There was a report out there that he okay. had visited he had visited a couple of weeks prior um right. and just knowing the need and knowing the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh now he's the type of player that could have gone to a smaller program. And been the the guy, you know, because he had really shown, um, really good steps, really good pos- like just you know, good running when when uh, Muhammad Ibrahim uh, was out, uh, you know, when he went out injured uh, in the 2020 season, I believe it was 2021. Um, 2021, yes, yeah. He ended up rushing for over 500 yards, six touchdowns, and then picked up an injury himself, and then you know, came back last season, and you know it was he was pretty limited. Uh, after September last year in terms of the reps that they gave him at Minnesota prompting him to enter the portal and he's just he's the kind of addition that Penn State needed uh I think in that running back room and we had uh really harped on that throughout spring ball yeah. and even after the season because um you know think about last year when they entered spring ball they had Kazayo Holmes and Devin Ford and uh Kevon Lee and they don't have any of those three now um you know after they all leave because essentially it's the Nick Singleton and Katron Allen show. You know, Trey Potts uh, coming in. He's a Williamsport guy, was a star in high school there. And uh, I-, I just remember going, you know, before the Minnesota-Penn State whiteout this past fall, uh, walking towards the media entrance and going the other way from me was like 13, 14 people <laughs> in, in Minnesota jerseys <laughs> with customized Potts on the back. And I tried to get out my phone to take a picture of it, and I just couldn't get to it. Um, wish I had that proof, but, you know, just a little bit of foreshadowing, I guess that they're going to have to get Penn state jerseys now. Um, and so I'm sure it's really cool for him to be able to, uh, to come home to Penn state a school that, you know, uh, you know, he watched as a kid and, uh, really good opportunity though for him and good opportunity for J one to get a veteran tailback in that room. That, uh, should something happen to Singleton or Allen, they, they would really need, uh his veteran presence given the the young guys coming in, the 2023 signees and uh London Montgomery who's coming off a torn ACL uh, and then Cameron Wallace who was a late add to the class.
0: Yeah. Um let's move it along here uh on the blue-white breakdown Johnny and talk about maybe some guys, uh some younger guys, whether it's January enrollees or, you know, second year players that you want to see you didn't get to see quite enough of maybe last year, but you feel really good about them. Let's talk about some players uh, that maybe we are both hoping to see. Like as we talk about this, you know, Penn State Penn State's coaching staff can do what they're going to do. If if a player is is dealing with a minor injury at all, um, they're not. They're certainly not going to. They're going to try and. They're not. They're not going to tell us. And and while we would really like to see these players, they're going to be. They're going to take not take any chances in the middle of April. So these are players that if they're healthy. We are looking forward to see, Johnny, I will start. uh, I was going to start with somebody else, but you just did a story on him. Uh, So I know I'm going to tee you up on that one. Um, But a a couple of players uh, that I'm looking forward to see, even though, you know, the quarterback off limits, right? Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton in his second year at 262 pounds. I think he's giving... Offensive tackles, hell, all spring in, in practice sessions. I think he has become, you know, if there was a gap going into spring between the top two guys, Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac, who are, you know, already NFL talents, I, I'm pretty sure that Danai has closed that gap very quickly. Olu Fashanu praised him for his practice and weightlifting, uh, you know, work habits and the fact that he's, he's really, really determined to become uh, a better player. James Franklin said last night, those poor January and tight ends just have not even come close, really, to blocking him in practice. Not a big surprise. I'm anxious to see him. And one other guy I'll mention uh, that I want to see because I, I, I just going to, I want to see how he fits in because I think they really like him, but they're also really, they're also really pretty deep. At corner and safety, Elliot Washington is a guy that I think is really going to help Penn State. I'm not so sure it'll be this year, but I mean, you know, Penn State has shown Johnny that we, they don't care how deep the room is. If they think a player is is really close to helping that team, they're going to get him. They're going to get him in as many games as possible. He's a guy I think that they really like. But Denai for me is a guy that, even though you can't hit the quarterback, I just think this year. um, He's the guy that I really think can can turn this defense from a, from a very, very good defense into an elite.
1: Defense. For sure. No, absolutely. And sticking with defense and younger guys, the mm-hmm. person you, you left for me on a platter, yep. I'll take an uh, early enrollee linebacker, Tony Rojas, uh, football is life. Uh, he is, um, he is making, he is making waves. He has made a big splash. Uh, in spring ball as an early enrollee uh, you're know, coming in. He had all the pedigree that, that you didn't yeah. want out of a, out of a true freshman linebacker uh, a guy that you would hope to see get on the field early. Like Abdul Carter did last year, you have four stars and, and, you know, Gatorade player of the year in Virginia. Um, but he put on what James Franklin said was 29 pounds and talking to Kalen King and talking to some other players and, Uh, it doesn't seem like that weight has phased him. It's been good weight. And uh, Stacy Collins, who's, you know, the special teams coordinator for Penn state, but also works with uh, the outside linebackers uh, just called him a natural talent. And, you know, he said he processes well for a young kid, someone who should still be in high school, but you know, his, his spatial awareness and short area quickness um, it's just not what you normally see out of a true freshman. And so uh, it'll be interesting if you know the the, the patrons of Beaver Stadium uh, get to see that. Uh, if we get to see that from the press box and see if he makes a, a big play or two at linebacker. Um, in in a in a position room, by the way, that obviously is super talented. When you look at Abdul, and Curtis Jacobs, and I like what Kobe King um, mm-hmm. can do it in the middle. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, there's there's some depth. I don't want, I don't even want to say concerns, maybe opportunity. Yeah. You know, Wiley is there. Um, Jonathan Sutherland is not there, uh, so th- I think this is a real opportunity to finish the spring on a high uh, for Tony Rojas and uh, a couple of others too. I know that you mentioned quarterbacks being off limits. I'm not going to go with Drew Aller. I'm going to actually go with Bo Perballa and yeah. just mention that because, uh, you know he he is entering an off season, entering a summer, and then a, a training camp where, uh, he's going to have an increased role. He's going to have an increased role on this team. Uh, I know that it's a it's a quarterback battle in name right now. We all kind of know who the guy is going to be at mm-hmm. quarterback. But regardless, um, Bo Bull, if he goes from fourth stringer, you know, scout team last year to backup quarterback um, in the fall, and then you're an injury or you know an unfortunate situation away from being on the field uh, for Penn State. I mean, he you would like to see uh, you know him play well. And we we didn't see him at all last year. He didn't play. Um, because he was stuck behind, you know, Clifford Aller and uh, Veyer. Um, So we'll see what he's able to do. Um, and then, yeah, another one too is you, you. You mentioned a corner. You mentioned a young corner. I'm going to mention an older corner and yeah. go with Storm Duck because you know, from an off the field standpoint, in the in the room leadership, like Penn State has loved what he's already brought uh, coming over from North Carolina. But he was also an All ACC player uh, for the Tar Heels last year and. Uh, you know, Kalen King is the number one guy in that room, but Storm Duck uh, yeah. is going to push him. And uh, if, if, you know, at the very least be the number two or even the number three, because we know Johnny Dixon is going to push him as well. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of player Penn State has uh, in him. And we know that the defense uh, has been given the offense, you know, all it could handle uh, this spring. And, uh, you know, for however many reps that they're out there, because they're older guys who, again, probably don't need to it yeah. as much in a spring game, but, Storm Dock opposite Kaelin King. Uh, excited to see that.
0: Yep. Um, let's wrap. I want to we wrap it up. Uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about um, Penn State's young offensive linemen. Um, three January enrollees. And I don't know. I don't know what we'll see from them. I don't know how far. Uh, I don't know how far along they are, even though they are all considered, you know, blue chip talents, starting with Javon Williams. Um, Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Donko. Uh, those are the three the three January enrollees that certainly look like they're very close to being uh Big Ten players in their first year. They enrolled in January. Um, I want to see them, but I, I have to say, um, I want to see if he's healthy. I want to see Vega Ione. Now, James calls him Venga Ione. I don't know if there's an N pronunciation in there. Maybe you know this, but he keeps saying he's 360 and I I watch him coming off the practice field and he it does not look he is not roly poly. He's just a, a large human being, Johnny, and I think he worked a little bit at center. I think, you know, obviously guard is another place where he can excel at. He had a he had a shining moment last year against Minnesota when he he put a uh, a golden gopher on on his back on a uh, Nick Singleton touchdown run, um, but He's a guy that I'm excited, hopefully. To, I, I want to see him going against these uh, interior defensive linemen if he's, uh, he's going to play. But just your thoughts on maybe what the expectations should be for the offensive line, because the narrative has really changed. Everyone, you know, James last year was saying we, we might not even have five healthy offensive linemen for the spring game. And they really had to kind of curb like what they could do in spring. They got some help on the way in, in August practices. And obviously the offensive line came a very long way. But, I mean, this is a deeper offensive line. It's clearly more talented. Olu Fashano is back. Landon Tengwa is healthy. There's a nice little battle going on at right tackle uh, between Caden Wallace, Drew Shelton. You know, Salim Wormley, if he's healthy, is going to be a fixture, I think, at guard. Hunter Norzad got a chance to talk to him on Tuesday. He looks, he, he looks the part of, of being a center. I think he was a little bit banged up at the start, Johnny. But the young offensive linemen and maybe what they can do for Penn State from a depth perspective, I think. I think if you're a Penn State fan, I might just take a look at some of the some of the some of the jersey numbers, some of the 70s and maybe some of the 60s that you don't necessarily re- you don't necessarily recognize because they are going to be a re- sooner rather than later, Johnny. They're going to be a big part of the future of this offensive line. Absolutely.
1: I, look, I'd be surprised if Olu Fashanda suits up. Like yeah. what's the point um, yeah. you talk about guys who should be put in bubble wrap and <laughs> yeah. make sure nothing happens to them. Like he is arguably yeah. the top guy. Uh, yeah. So plus you have plenty of offensive linemen, you have plenty of depth and you have plenty of young guys that really could use the reps and, yeah. and use the opportunity. I mean, think for a Javon Williams or an Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Donka to to get out on the field at Beaver stadium. I mean, yeah. that's going to be a really cool opportunity for them. And uh you're still sorting through the right tackle position with, with Caden and with Drew Shelton. Um, even you, know, you mentioned uh, Venga or Vega. I need to, I need to nail down whether or not it's Venga or Vega. I'm, I'm not
0: sure. And it's, bu- it's bugging me, but I don't th- I know sure. where the end's coming from, but I trust James Franklin's pronunciation.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got, um, you've got a handful of guys still. I mean, J.B. Nelson as well in there on the yeah. offensive line and mm-hmm. Nick Dawkins at center. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of moving. Uh, there's good moving parts like there, there's good fluidity, good competition uh, along the offensive line. We have a pretty good idea of who that, that the first front will be and Olu on the left side, you know, drew or Caden on the right. Mm-hmm. You've got Landon and uh, and Hunter and Sal on the inside. Uh, but there's so much talent behind them. Uh, yeah. So much talent pushing them that uh, yeah, go ahead and, and get, when you get your roster out, you know, your, your eyes are initially going to go towards the, quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers and tight ends too, you know, Jerry Cross and uh, Khalil Dinkins and those guys who have opportunities to step up with Brenton Strange gone. But the offensive line, uh, it, I'll have my eyes peeled on on how those guys are doing yeah. and how many reps and and where guys are lining up and all that. This is, you know, the, again, this is their final spring practice. And so everything is kind of built to this for them. And and this is going to be the lasting impression that they have not only for themselves personally, but on the coaching staff before they have those. Uh, post-spring conversations with Franklin and and the assistants. And so um they're gonna want to prove themselves worthy of playing time upcoming in the fall. And uh they'll have that opportunity.
0: Spring is in the air in central Pennsylvania. It's mid-April. Uh blue white breakdown podcast with Johnny McGonagall, Bob Flounders. We just put a bow on our blue-white game preview. Saturday, April 15th, the game's gonna Standardly starts sometime around 2 o'clock. The weather hopefully will be somewhere in the 70s. That's the way it stands right now. Hopefully, if there's if there's a chance of showers, hopefully it's minimal or or they just completely get out of there. But it's a, great, a great time to be a Penn State fan considering what's on the table for James Franklin's program as they get ready for the fall. Um, it sounds like he was pretty pleased with the way they got through spring. There's still a couple of questions, Johnny. But, hey, there's always going to be a couple of questions at this point in the year. Uh, and and they did not sound like they were major questions like they have been in years uh, uh, years past, Johnny. So looking forward to the blue-white game experience. Johnny, I'll see you up there. Penn State fans, uh, you're not done with Johnny McGonigal and myself. Uh, we will be back a little bit later in the week. Talk about, there's been a lot of stuff going on at Penn State that's not necessarily related to this blue-white game, especially on the recruiting trail. Penn State's killing it. We're going to talk about that and some other things. We'll have another uh, Blue White Breakdown podcast, you guys. We will be back a little bit later. In this has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live.